Welcome to season three of Motivate Me. We invite you to travel the 50 states in 90 days as we interview people about their passion. Why? In order to inspire you to live a life that's more exciting or more meaningful. This is Motivate Me, and I'm Lynette Renda. Ladies and gentlemen, I am actually in Arkansas right now. And for those of you who are viewing this and not just listening to the podcast version of the show, you are seeing a farmer's market and a very beautiful woman sitting next to me. So first of all, Michelle Moore, welcome to the show. Um, You know, we have been going around the 50 states and we've been interviewing people about their passions. And that's how we ended up in Bentonville, Arkansas, in the middle of this town square, which is something I've only ever seen in movies. So... Thank you so much for doing that. But can you tell everybody kind of, your, your passion is unique and, and it came from pain. I mean, I think it's something that started for you before the loss of your son. It was something you did together. So yes. it, it was a passion that you already had. But yes. can you tell everybody your story? Um, I started doing mission work in Honduras in 2005. Um, our son was, about six years old, I know he was about eight years old at the time, and he kept saying, Mom, when can I go with you? When can I go with you? And and I kept saying, later, later, later. And he said, but when? And so finally I said, when you're 13, I'm going when you're 13. Seems like a good age. It seemed like a long way away. And the summer that he turned 12, he looked at me and he said, I get to go next year because I'll be 13 when you go. And I kind of had a panic attack because it's a long way away. How long Um, is it? Well, I mean, it's a three-hour flight from Houston. It, it, it's just that it's another country. Right. Uh, we can't drink the water. It's a different language. I mean, there are just a lot of a lot of differences, and and I couldn't be with him every all day, every day that we were there because of the work that I was doing and the work that he was going to do. Um, but he turned 13, and I let him go. I took him with me, and he fell in love with the people, and they fell in love with him and white hair. So they loved to look at his white hair. And we had a great trip. He helped build a house for our family. And he went with me every year after that. And there were four more times that he got to go. Um, We had started raising money for kids in Honduras because we were there one year and realized they weren't going to school. They couldn't. It's uh, mandatory, but their parents couldn't buy their school supplies. So we had started raising money throughout all of this and Joshua became real active in all of that. And um, when he, when, when Joshua passed away, it just made sense to honor him with things that he loved. And so some friends of ours started a 5K in his memory. And, all and a 5K is a marathon. No, it's 3.1 miles. Okay. Yeah, I mean, when I say marathon, to no. me a marathon <laughs> is that you're out there walking or running. Like it's a not a race, but it's a, I mean, how do you? A like, marathon is 26.2 miles. Okay. Well, let's just pretend. <laughs> For me, that's marathon five. So 5K. It's just 3.1 it, miles. Okay. All right. Gotcha. But it's an organized event where yes. people move yes. together. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. With t-shirts and yes, water and all that good Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. So 
What is your favorite memory of Joshua? Oh, there are so many. Um, when I when I was pregnant with Joshua, we did the whole. We told everybody we just wanted a healthy baby, um, but secretly, I didn't even tell my husband. I prayed for a son. I prayed for a son that would take care of the daughter I was going to have next. Um, I asked that he be taller than me and that he would put his arm around me and say, Mom, I love you no matter where we were. And that's what I really wanted. And that, you know what? You only wanted those things. I know, right? And I got it. I mean, God gave me every bit of that. Um, uh, a little while before Joshua passed away, he had, he had passed me in height and he was a student at my school. Because and you're a Spanish teacher. I am. I terrorize teenagers. I make them. I used to also. Different yes. language, yes. but English, Spanish, high school. There Fun. we go. <laughs> um, and he would come into my classroom, usually between every class to get a snack. Um, but he didn't care who was in there. He'd put his arm around me and say, Mom, I love you, before he'd go. And I mean, it's not anything huge or big. I mean, there were so many milestones, you know, in 16 years. But just getting getting that as a gift was incredible. Well, it sounds huge to me. It's the one thing you wanted. Yeah. It's the only thing you wanted, right? That's what I asked for. And he was so good to his sister. He adored her. Which you ended up having a daughter. I did. Two years later, we had a daughter. We have a daughter. And um, in two weeks, she will be 17. She will officially be older than he was. Um, and she has no doubts. She knew he adored her above anyone else. I uh, looked after her. And um, whoever she chooses in life has some pretty big shoes to fill. What, what is your favorite memory of your time in Honduras and what you're, what you're doing there? Um, the last year that Joshua went with me um, was the only year I've ever taken students. And so I went twice that year and he went with the school group. And I only took three kids. Um, and we planted trees in um, several different places and fed people. We made, um, they have manna packs and we would make food and, and feed people. And I have a lot of pictures of him planting those trees. Uh, we made a lot of great memories that year. I wouldn't translate for any of them. So Joshua had just finished Spanish three and um, you know, he had just finished Spanish two. The other student had just finished Spanish three and one had just finished AP. And we, I mean, we just went all these different places, um, planting trees and feeding people. And wa just watching him play, he loved soccer. He loved to play soccer. He wasn't allowed to play soccer because of his heart. But they had a little makeshift soccer field out next to one of the buildings where we were working. And he played and played and played with those little boys and little girls. How long did you know about his heart defect? He was diagnosed by accident. It was an accidental find. A nurse practitioner at an army hospital thought something looked off on a chest x-ray when he was about 15 months old. And it took several visits, um, several tests, um, and, and a few more months. And they were able to, to say, he has a defect. Um, he didn't, he'd never had a symptom ever, even up until the day he collapsed. No red flags, um, just, we just knew about it. So it kept us off the football field, off the soccer field, 
baseball, basketball, all the things he loved. What kind of advice do you have to parents who have children with this same defect? Well, it's rare. I, most families don't find out until their child has collapsed. Um, we really felt blessed because we knew. Otherwise, he would have played every sport. He's very athletic. And, and I was criticized on occasion for, letting, for not letting him play. But we always felt like God blessed doctors with knowledge for a reason. And if we had this knowledge, then we should do our best to protect him. We taught him to listen to his body. Um, when his body said, you need to rest, we, we told him he had to rest. Um, he was cleared to run. So when he said, I'm, I'm going for a run, we didn't worry. He'd run thousands of miles. Um, most people don't know. So having this um, fundraiser mm -hmm. in his honor, do you, did you have any hesitations getting involved in that or starting that or have you faced any challenges? Because, you know, my goal is to help my audience, you know, when they face obstacles or, mm -hmm. they, or they hesitate or they, you know, have challenges, what did you do to push, push past if you, if you did? Um, hmm. Joshua, he passed away on a Friday night and on Saturday morning a group of people met and just ran in his honor. Of course, we were not there. Um, and then some friends of ours said we'd like to hold a 5K in his memory, and we were all for it. Um, scheduling, I mean, there are minor, minor things that... But are you still going to Honduras? Yes. What, did you, how did you feel about that? Was that something that you were anxious to do, or did you hesitate getting, continuing it, that without him? It was him? hard. It was really hard. Uh, we have traveled to the same area and we've, we've developed some real deep friendships and relationships. And when Joshua passed away, of course, with, with internet and Facebook and all of this, all this social media, you know, all of our friends in Honduras knew. But I still, I still felt like I'm going to have to go and tell everybody. And go through this again. Everyone knew. Um, and we cried and we all cried together. And it was, it was really hard to, to be there without him. Uh, the trip was eight months after he had passed away and so it was kind of reliving everything. But it was really weird. The, the hardest thing for me was every year Joshua went with, he, he had to wear jeans and boots because um, he was working construction. And every year when we came home, he was wearing the, he had given away all of his jeans except for the pair he had to wear home. And he was wearing my shoes because he'd given those away. And so it made perfect sense to me to take all of his jeans and his boots and, and give them. Um, the security guard at the hotel always got the boots um, and, and the jeans were given to uh, the, one of the preachers that we work with and they were distributed. And I thought, this is going to be so easy. It's not going to be hard at all. I'm just going to take this tub and hand it over and it, it it was hard. I, I gave it to him and I said, I need you to go put this in your truck right now. Um, I thought it would be so simple because that's what he'd always done, but it, it wasn't. Because it was him. It was yeah. like memories of him right mm -hmm. there with you. Yeah. What do you think you've learned most about yourself going through all of this? Wow. Um, God carries me most days because um, I, I couldn't have carried myself. Um, we lived in a fog for probably a year. 
Um, I, I only missed school for Joshua, well, my mom was diagnosed as terminally ill and I was with her for nearly two weeks and I came home on the weekend and Joshua collapsed on Tuesday and then I missed that week and the following week of school. So I had missed nearly 20 days of school. I had to go back and so I didn't take a lot of time off and it was really, really hard. But we were so blessed. We had a lot of friends. We have a lot of friends. So for months we had food and have to cook. And, and for me, that was just God. That was just the hands and feet of Jesus on earth sustaining us. Um, we were so fortunate. We had eight snow days before Christmas that year. I know, where, I know how you feel when the snow days come yeah. right at the right time. And, and I, told, I told a friend of mine, I said, I know these have been a curse for so many people, but they've been such a gift for us. And um, I, I've learned that, that, that God just provides. I mean, he has, he has carried us at times. He has, he has held our hand at times. Um, Joshua is safely tucked away. He is in heaven. Satan will never get to him. He'll never get to come back here. And there were a lot of things he didn't get to experience. You know, he never graduated high school or married or followed his dream to become a minister. But he has seen the glory of, of heaven and I couldn't ask him to come back to this. You know, this is fun and this is pretty, but it is nothing like what's coming. And as much as I miss him, now I just have to wait. And, um, and I want to wait well. My husband and I have become part of a group called While We're Waiting. It's for parents who have lost children. And the whole premise is how are we going to serve God while we wait to be reunited with our children. And I, I want him to be proud. You know, I don't want to get to heaven and, and Joshua say, Mom, is that the best you could do? <laughs> I mean, really, God could have used you if you just would have opened your eyes. So. That's awesome. You know, I, I always try to get my listeners to act, right? And you, you have acted and you continue to. Is there some advice that you can give them about pursuing a passion and just acting on something that would enrich their lives? For me, the hardest part is taking the first step because it's committing. And in our family, when you commit to something, you see it all the way through. Um, both the kids are on an archery team. Elizabeth hated it, and she wanted to quit. But we don't. We don't. We we follow the commitment, and we give it everything we have. And so it, it's scary to take the first step. Um, you have to put yourself out there. And we learned that regardless of what we do, people are going to criticize. It doesn't. If you have to make two choices, or if you have two choices. There's going to be a group that's going to criticize you for this choice, and there's going to be a group that's going to criticize you for this choice. So my husband and my daughter and I have learned that when we have a choice, we make the choice that's best for the three of us, the choice that will honor God, and then we just go forward because you can't please everybody. And as long as, as, as we're serving God, then we feel like we're serving and, and pleasing the one who's most important everybody else has to walk their walk. And once people do that, like for you, how does being a part of this, how did it, how did it enrich your own life, your daily life? Um, 
for me? It's a harder question. Uh, I need purpose. I need things to keep me busy. Um, my mom used to, when she was battling cancer, she would say, when I don't feel good, I, tr I, I know there are other people out there who are hurting worse than I am. But she was always doing things for other people because it would make her feel better. And, and so I've adopted a lot of that. If I can do something for somebody else, when it's, the, when it's the worst, when I'm really hurting and really struggling, it helps get through the day. I don't think I answered your question. Though. No, I think you absolutely did. I um, think you absolutely did. How does it enrich your life? It's helping others is what makes you feel better. And, and helping others and serving others. Because I, I, I connect because I feel like my crew and I being out on the road right now doing these interviews, trying to inspire other people is the way we are serving. Mm -hmm. So I get it. If I have too many days at home, I can I can fall into depression real easily. But if I'm out focused on, you know, and and Joshua was that way. He was he really loved to help people. He loved widow ladies. He had a real special friend at church who was a widow. And the the summer before he passed away, he was out of town, and he just called her out of the blue just to see how she was doing, you know. And she mentioned that to me again last week. And, and knowing that he made an impact, I, I just want to, I want to help. I have a feeling he made an impact on a lot of people. You know, people in Honduras, people at your church, people at your school, you know, friends and family, your friends and family. I mean, he's impacting people right now just by you sharing this story. So thank you so much for taking the time to, to battle traffic, to come into oh. this adorable market to speak it with us It is great, today. it is great. I could talk about my kids for days. Thank you so much. It was really a pleasure. You too. It's nice to meet you. Awesome. Oh, I don't know. It's really hard to to share. My biggest struggle is I I don't I don't want people to look at me. I want people to look at God. That's where it's hard. That's why it's hard to talk about Joshua and hard to talk about the run because I don't want it to be about us. I want it to be about God. It is what he's doing. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I have come to be known as the 50 States in 90 Days Lady, a concept that is unfathomable to most. If you would like me to come speak at your event about how to envision, explore, and execute a plan, or how to create a life that is more exciting or more meaningful, you can find me at MotivateMePodcast.com. And the world keeps turning and I just keep moving along. Oh.